In this episode, I am chatting with Taryn Conwell. She is the host of the Undomestic Mom podcast, and her whole brand is Undomestic Mom. And we are talking about how you can intentionally build your village. She shares about one of her tips when she's working with moms about hiring a mother's helper. What is a mother's helper? How you can do that. And that is a super helpful tip, but also just how you can ask for help in general and how you can intentionally build that village of support around you, depending on what your situation is. It's a super helpful conversation. She's got a lot of tips and resources. She's a ton of fun. I just know you're going to love it. Here we go. Welcome to the Around the Campfire podcast. They say it takes a village to raise a child, but I believe it also takes a village to raise a mom. I'm your host, Jillian Benke, the founder of Mom Camp. And each episode, I chat with busy moms who are doing awesome things in life and work. Join us for real conversation and community, because this is your village. This is the Around the Campfire podcast. Hi, Taryn, and welcome to the Around the Campfire podcast. Hi, Jillian. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, I'm so glad we've connected. Can you start by introducing yourself, who you're a mom to, all about you? Sure. So yeah, my oldest is seven, Georgia. Uh, my middle is almost five. That's Kerrigan. And those are both of my daughters. And then my youngest is my son. Uh, that's Killian. And he just turned two. Aww. And I am married to my high school sweetheart. So we are almost celebrating 20 years dating in a couple months. And we actually got married on our dating anniversary. So it'll be nine years married, 20 years dating. In, oh, that, it's uh, just August. all adorable. I love it. I it's like the dream, right? <laughs> it is. And it's like the one part I feel like I'll be that is adorable. The rest is kind of like, you're like, that doesn't really, but yes, it is. It is. Awesome. It's quite precious. And you are also the host of the Undomestic Mom podcast. So tell me a little bit about that and where the name came from. Perfect. Yeah. So yeah, so I am the uh, host of the Undomestic Mom podcast. Undomestic Mom, the name actually um, prior to January of 2021, I actually was a meal plan educator. So oh. I was, I was uh, educating moms. I was hosting workshops about how to meal plan efficiently. And Undomestic Mom came actually from a book by uh, Sophia Kinsella. And it's, uh, mm-hmm. she's called, it's called The Undomestic Goddess. And so in my head, I was, and it's a funny book about her pretending to be a housekeeper. So I just, I don't know, Undomestic Mom just came to me and I felt like that really embodied who I was as a mom and it still does. So it kind of transferred nicely when I pivoted. But now um, I talk about self-care for millennial moms and I really help educate them on not only creating their own, uh, uh, restorative self-care routines, but finding the time to do that in life. Mm-hmm. And, and, and what that means really is doing less and expecting more from the people around them. Yes. Yes. I love that. And not being afraid to ask for help and exactly. setting boundaries. Yeah. Yes. All, all of the above. Yes. And so that's yeah. what I talk a lot about on my podcast is just, you know, boundaries when it comes to family, your partner and your kids, um, asking for help when it comes to family, your partner outsourcing help. Um, and then also just, you know, like, let's just ditch the mom guilt when it comes to yeah. like, you know, having that time for ourselves and doing the things we want to do. Yes. I love it. 
I love it. I love it. I love it. Okay. So today you wanted to chat about how hiring a mother's helper can help you thrive in motherhood. So let's, let's go. Let's start talking about that. Yeah. So one of my big uh, pillars really of how I coach my moms Mm -hmm. is that as a millennial woman, and, you know, certainly applies still to, and I was like, just millennials. No, I think like I'm an elder millennial. Mm. So, you know, we definitely have Gen X and I'm sure Gen Z, like we're sandwiched in on this. But what I've noticed uh, with my generation, the people around me is that we, this whole like you know, you utilizing your village and everyone's like looking back, is the village coming? Like, do I right. call the village? Do you, bring, and I teach, uh, I talk a lot about like, we have to build our own villages 100%. in 2022, you know, mm-hmm. a lot of us still have parents that were, you know, there's, it's, it's a different time than it was, you know, for my mom and for my grandma mm-hmm. and the fact that, um, a lot of our parents still work. Um, so, you know, my in-laws work and they're, they're willing to help me, but they're tired. Like, I don't want to be like, and help me with my kids, you know, on the weekends, they're still working full-time jobs and they're tired. And, um, we also have this, a lot of, you know, moving away from family, Mm -hmm. not living super close to family. Um, and then also too, just like a lot of our family, my sister lives, I'm in the suburbs of Chicago. My sister lives in the city. Um, and that's still 45 minutes still is a big deal, you know, again, sister works full time. So uh, I have found that you really have to build your village very close to you mm-hmm. for it to be um, successful. And so mother's helpers are a way to get some help at an affordable cost. And it okay. really just is something that I'm I'm preaching all the time because I don't want to come to the table with hire a babysitter, a nanny and they're, you know, $25, $30 an hour. And people are like, right. wait, and who is paying for this? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So define a mother's helper then. How does that differ? Sure. Sure. So a mother's helper to me is um, anywhere between about 10 to 14 years old. So they're younger oh, okay. than my, you know, I have a, I have a, I have a career nanny who's a, a sitter for me. So she has a central family, uh, her main family that she works for, but then she also any additional hours, uh, if I need them, I, I'm able to use them. Um, and she's wonderful. Right. Mm-hmm. But I um, like to, use mother's helpers who are a little bit younger, don't have experience to just play with my kids. So like after school, they come over after school right now we're in summer. Yes. Mm -hmm. We're on summer vacation. So the mother's helper I just hired comes twice a week from 3 PM to 5 PM, my least favorite time of day Mm -hmm. and plays with my kids outside. So Mm -hmm. another part of being a mother's helper is you're typically not leaving the home. Um, they're younger. Um, my mother's helper doesn't have any experience. So this is, you know, I'm giving her the opportunity to, you know, build experience. Yeah. So maybe next summer she, when she's 15, she could, you know, with this experience, she could probably be an actual babysitter. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this summer she's just taking the kids in the yard and she's playing with them outside. And I'm able to either get things done, Mm -hmm. you know, for me, I like to utilize the time to either rest and actually rest Mm -hmm. or to what I like to call like my regulation time. And that is getting things done around the house that for the week will help me feel better, feel Feel on track. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. So younger, uh, typically, like I said, junior high age, um, and then, um, you know, they're more affordable. So the Mm -hmm. kind of the pricing structure I use is um, their grade level as the dollar amount 
plus $1 for each additional child. Oh, okay. So, so how that works out, my mother's helper, because I have three kids, right? And mm-hmm. they're young, my mm-hmm. son's in diapers. Um, I do have a friend whose kids, uh, she has two, and she's using a 10-year-old. And this 10-year-old is very responsible. Well, it depends on the 10-year-old, too. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. Um, she's uh, very responsible. And that, mm-hmm. that was like more me at 10, too. I'm like, oh, I could have, you know, I did this at 10. But so, uh, but mine, I have, like I said, I have the three of them and they're kind of a crazy bunch. And so uh, she's 14. So she is in eighth grade. Mm -hmm. Uh, So that's the eight. And then I have two extra kids. So I'm paying her $10 an hour, which is about half of what I would pay. Like I said, the, the college age or the career nanny. um, But I mean, she's making, you know, 20 bucks a day, a couple of times a week. That's great pocket money, right? Yes. It's great pocket money. It's also um, when typically when you hire a mother's helper, you'll talk to their moms first, you know, because they're younger yeah. and their mom, their mom, you want to make sure they're a good fit, but then also their mom wants to make sure you're, you know, you're not a crazy person, but um, <laughs> they, they want their daughters a, to get some responsibility. Mm-hmm. Right. And two, they would love it if their kids are asking for like a little bit less money every week, you know? Mm-hmm. So I don't, I'm all about like the female empowerment and I'm not trying to say like, yeah, pay them nothing. Um, but they are young and mm-hmm. they don't have experience. Well, it is teaching them some financial exactly. responsibility too. Yes. Like it's, they're earning some money. They yes. actually like, that's a young age. They could now, when they go to apply for jobs, they could have stuff on their resume. Like it's actually something. So exactly. I love that. One of my um, team at work, she's on my maternity leave right now. Sorry, we do have an extended maternity leave in Canada. I know it's different, but she has, I'm so proud of her because she, and now it's not a mother's helper because it's an infant, right? So it's a little bit right. different, yes. but yes. she has actually decided that I think it's just, um, four hours a week, like one day a week for four hours, she has somebody coming so she can do whatever the heck she wants. And she, because, you know, it's a totally different change of pace. She's been working totally. full time. Now she's home full time. And all of a sudden she's like, what? So she has hired somebody where I see so many new moms just, you know, drowning in that life change, loving it, obviously, mm-hmm. but, you know, not taking any time for themselves, not finding time to go out to the store and just get a thing that they need, or, you know, like it's become this like it can be a very challenging time. So she's taken this upon herself, but then if the kids are a little bit older, that mother's helper, absolutely. And Mm -hmm. also much more economical for sure. Right. I love it. Yes, exactly. And my kids love it. Like they, you know, they love to have this fresh energy come in and do, you know, again, now it's summer. So we're doing all outside stuff. So they're going to, they're doing chalk drawings out there. They're making obstacle courses. They got the slip and slide. Um, But then also in the winter, when I utilize them, they're doing crafts, they are making, they're playing the imaginary play, the things I don't really like to do. (laughs) (laughs) I almost, I'm just like, you know, my kids got four hours of this really, you know, and because that's, they're able to be on, especially these little two hour chunks. Yeah. They're able to be on for the solid two hours. Well, and it's an older kid. So that's cool to them. Like it's just, oh yes. Oh yeah. I think it's great. I love that idea. That's fantastic. It's funny when you were talking about the village, because the other thing I experienced, and I love that intentionality about creating the village because What I found is when my kids were really young, I had a village of moms around me, like, you know, and I'm not, and we also had like, like not a nanny. She was um, like a very experienced babysitter that sort of became like a nanny character in our Mm -hmm. lives for um, a couple times a week for until the kids went to school. Right. So they were, till they were five or and seven. 
And so that was amazing and so helpful. My husband works from home. So it was really helpful for him. Yes. Right. Cause I went back to work. Um, but anyways, so when we lost that, because the kids were in school and then she decided to become a teacher and, you know, go to, to school full time. So it was no longer really available and all of that stuff, everything sort of shifted. And I realized that my village that I thought I had, we'd all sort of shifted because as soon as our kids got their own activities and everybody, like they weren't all doing the same play group. They weren't all going to the library for story time. They weren't, you know, we weren't doing the same things anymore. We all had our own schedules and our own different timetables and we were no longer available to each other as much. And I kind yes. of felt like I lost my village a bit, yes. right? Yes. You know, my husband's family lives away. My mom is, you know, aging. And so she can do a little bit, a couple times a week and stuff, but very much on her terms. Mm-hmm. Um, and now she no longer drives as well. So like, it's, it's, you know, very specific what she can offer. And some days it's absolutely great and amazing. Um, and the kids love seeing her, but it's just, it's still not the same, right. Right. As right. having that. So I love being intentional about creating your village, you know, finding those moms when it first starts mm-hmm. that you get along with, and then hopefully your kids get along and then finding that helper, finding whatever you need and in, in sort of your toolbox yes. to, to really build your own village. I love that. No, absolutely. And that's, you know, again, the, you know, the mother's helper is, is a piece is a piece yeah. of it. And then, um, we do talk a lot about female friendship and building mm-hmm. that with moms who, um, you exactly you have the kids that are same age because I have a very similar situation in which you know my oldest now being seven she just finished first grade um and let with the pandemic last year we were fully remote so this is my first experience in like going to public school every day and I luckily over the summer last year met some, uh, two new moms and did create I and I again because I always had that intentionality there mm. and be, we befriended each other and we were like okay I'm gonna miss pickup can you pick this one up totally okay, can you do this my my, my son's uh, speech therapy time changed at the end of the year and one of my friends was like can uh, Sean drop her off on the way to the train will you take her to school so as your life phases change mm-hmm. you do have to change the village and yeah you know, everyone doesn't have to be your best friend. Uh, you know, sometimes I think we think like a oh, village, it's like my best friend and my, it's not necessarily that it is, um, more so just like moms that you enjoy to be around and that you yeah can rely on each other mm-hmm. and it can be very reciprocal. Totally. And you can even do things like, Hey, how about once a week, we each take each other's kids. So twice yes. a week, we each get a bit of a, you know, time that we can do some stuff. Right. Yes. And then once a week you're managing all the children, but then, you know, two days a week, you're like, Oh, I don't have my kids for two hours. Yeah. Right. Yes. Yeah. Having that. Cause I, I wasn't expecting my village to shift. And so I wasn't prepared. I hadn't been intentional about building in those resources. And also because I was working full-time and my husband was managing everything, but he would do the school drop-offs and pickups and ran the safety patrol at the crosswalk. And like, so he was there. I called him the king of the moms because every yes. single mom knew him and nobody, everybody was like, so whose mom are you? Like I, when yeah. I would do okay, like if yeah. I had a day off or whatever, and then they'd be like, oh, you're Christian's wife. Like it would be like, mm-hmm. they knew him better than they knew anybody else. Right. And so I didn't have that built-in village of the school moms or, yes. you know, yes. um, and I felt like I was missing a lot, unfortunately. So I could have been a lot more, um, 
intentional about building those relationships. And I do feel like I missed out a bit. So I, I love what you're encouraging moms to do. I think it's fantastic. Yeah, no, thank you. And I, and I do, and that's interesting too, because um, initially I was more speaking to stay at home moms because I ran a home daycare until the pandemic hit. Mm. So I was technically a work at home mom, uh, but I was home with my kids. So I just sort of identified as stay at home moms. And over the past few months, it has evolved because I've had clients come to me who are like, well, I don't stay home fully, you know, with the pandemic came such a change, right? Like we, yeah everybody was then working from home and then it's some people stayed and some, you know, and whether or not, what, whatever you do for work didn't really affect what mm -hmm. I was, what my messaging was. If you are totally. a working mom, utilize a mother's helper on the weekends. You know, mm -hmm. it's, it's really about, I'm just trying to give permission to like, you are still entitled to this time because it's quality over quantity. Mm -hmm. So take two hours to yourself on the weekends, be fully recharged and then like go in with your kids, recharge, with like this, like really present being present. Mm -hmm. And it's sometimes I kind of cringe at that, like, you know, uh, vernacular, but when you recharge, you can be present. Well, total. Otherwise you're going to have eight hours of meh potentially yes. instead yes. of like two hours of recharge time. And then six hours of like, actually I'm good. Like, exactly. you know, it makes such a difference. Totally. Yeah, no, absolutely. Totally. I love it. So you don't do the meal planning workshops anymore. You just, I don't, I don't. Okay. Yeah. I don't do the meal planning workshops anymore. Um, I, over the pandemic, I think, cause I had my third in May of 2020. Oh, and okay. So self, so I was still, you know, chug along with that. And I just like, I just had this pull of the things I was doing um, mm -hmm. were pulling me into this, just like, I wanted to talk about this more. Totally. And this was just like, it was, yeah, it was like my calling. So sometimes it's funny, like in coaching calls with moms, if like they're struggling with meal planning, I'm like, well, hey, I have all these resources for you, but yeah, I'm not, I don't talk, I don't actively talk about it. Well, that's where I was going. So talk a little bit about the coaching you do, because it's not just the podcast, right? Like you're right. also coaching moms. So tell me yes. a little bit about that. Yeah. So I coach moms who are a lot of times I think about for me, it was this very, I have a specific memory where my second was six months old and my oldest had just turned three. Mm. And I was, I felt like lost in motherhood. A lot of the things I talk about now, this was four years ago, four plus years ago. Mm -hmm. Um, I wasn't doing those things. I didn't know to do any of these things. And so I um, remember like sitting on the steps and like I made dinner and like I asked my husband, like, how was the dinner? And uh, like, I would, cause I would, I love to cook. So I like, that was for me, like almost the highlight of my day of like the compliment for the dinner. Because when you're with little, little kids, yeah. we're not getting accolades, you know, no. you're not. Um, and my husband is so supportive and like would always like, be like you're a great mom and all this stuff but for whatever reason it was good and, and he had something to do on his computer and I was like oh my god it was just good and I had a full-blown <laughs> meltdown oh, man. over the fact that he and and we kind of got into this uh argument and he said to me and I'll never forget I cannot be the only source of accolades oh. and I was just like oh, okay and, and then we talked about he and I have been in couples counseling since before we were married um, in a very restored, in a very like ongoing and like, you know, way to keep our marriage healthy. Mm -hmm. And so um, we have a lot of, you know, we have those tools. And when we dug down into it, he was just like, I love you, but you, this, you need something else. Yeah. And I like, and, and so I started my blog, um, what, you know, what's about meal planning. So 
what I coach moms on is when they are feeling that you're lost in motherhood, you're burnt. And it can, for me, it happened, you know, like I said, when I had my second, who was six Mm -hmm. months old for other moms, it happens with their first for other moms, it happens with their fourth, Mm -hmm. but wherever they're at, and they are just feeling like this is not the life I signed up for. And I, um, in sessions, you know, we kind of just talk about like, what do you think is, um, you know, like run, give me the rundown of what's on your plate. Mm-hmm. Let's discuss what we can take off. Let me troubleshoot some ideas for you. Mm-hmm. And then once we can c- create space, mm-hmm. then it's like, let's talk about some fulfilling things that you can put yeah. into your life. Um, because most of us, you know, I love being a mom. It's, it's the, it is truly what I was born to do, but it is not all of who I am. Right. And again, it's not, it was not creating those accolades for me. And I know plenty of people who work, you know, outside of the home and they're not getting the accolades either, you know? So it's not just like, oh, if you work outside the home, your boss is always like, this is wonderful work. Right. You need something that you put out into the world. I feel like in whatever way that looks for you, Mm -hmm. um, that you're just, you know, you're just like, yes, I did it. Cause so often with our kids, you know, to be like, oh, my kid, you know, any of our kids' accomplishments, it always feels almost like very braggy to be right. like, look what my kid did. Um, so ultimately motherhood can't be the thing that like, we're like, I did it so well because mm-hmm. it's no relative. Well, exactly. Exactly. It's like, I know one of my love, my love language really is words of affirmation. So this is completely resonating for me because I'm like, yeah, I really need that. Like you did a good thing. Yes. 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 And my team at work now knows that. So like, it's this joke. And like, so Jillian gets all the (laughs) recognition because I'm like, everybody love me. (laughs) Right. Yes. And my husband did, he got bet. He would, the dinner was great. You know, now sometimes we'll joke if I make a frozen pizza, he'll be like, oh, this frozen pizza. This is the best. Thanks, babe. Like, you know, but yeah, I had to be like, I need this more. And, you know, yeah, Yeah. that's awesome. And I would think probably also, and I'm not going to tell you what your coaching looks like, but I would assume, don't assume, but that a big piece of that is telling moms that what they're feeling is completely normal. Yes. Right. Because there's that, like, this isn't the life I signed up for feels like kind of a horrible sentence to say, because you love your kids so much and you love being a mom but the acknowledgement of it's not all you are Mm -hmm. and that you want something more can, you can feel that guilt about saying that out loud or feeling it in the first place. Right. So that is normal. You were a human before you became a mom, however you did that. And you are a human today. Right. So it becomes a piece of you, but it's not all of you. Right. I love that. Exactly. Yeah. And that's, you know, particularly true with my moms who had, uh, you know, had infertility issues leading Mm -hmm. up to motherhood. That's, I mean, that for them is such a, you know, uh, a huge thing to get past because they were like, they worked really hard to get where they are and they're so grateful and they're just, you know, you never want to say this isn't, you know, what I I wanted. Right. Yes. And so it is a lot. It's, it's so much validation. And honestly, I feel like the best part in every session I will, I summarize, let me tell you the things you're really nailing and doing so good at. And like, it's almost always tears. It's just like, you know, they, that wanting to just be like, wow, I'm like, that is really incredible that you, you know, with everything going on, you really created this, you know, loving environment for your kids, or you're doing this for them, or you're doing, mom just want to hear that. And, um, and yes, and also, yeah, 
be validated so that what we're seeing in in very curated media is not reality mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and saying like oh no there are days that I'm like I could run away I could just run away I'm not mm-hmm. gonna do it no um but we have to yeah validate those feelings and normalize it and just like yes. and speak it like I think Brene Brown says that like those that how you defeat it is speaking it out loud. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, that's part of why I started this podcast and mom camp in general is just to make those conversations more common so that moms know they're not alone and yes. that it's okay. And it's yeah, there's nothing wrong with it. Right. Yeah. And there are solutions if you want to change how you're feeling. Right. Yes. Like, Solution, so yes, there are. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. I love the work you're doing. I think it's Thank so you. important. And I actually feel like I can identify with that undomestic mom name because I don't cook. Um, I hate cleaning. Like, so, like I'm the least domestic mom that you can get, but I really, I really like what you're doing. It's fantastic. Okay, uh, I have, Thank you. I have some questions that I ask all of my guests as you okay. know. So number one, how do you define balance for yourself and for your family? Well, ironically enough, I'm a Libra. So, <laughs> <laughs> so that's the like, epitome of balance. Yeah. It's really um, me and those scales, like we're not messing around. Um, so it's, uh, I think for me, it is making sure. So I'm, you know, I have a family of five. It's mm-hmm. what I consider my, you know, my nuclear family, me and my husband and the three kids. And I think the balance is like, everybody gets a turn, you know, mm-hmm. like we, we're all going to get a turn. And so, um, you know, my youngest is having, uh, some speech delays and some developmental delays. And so he has three therapies a week and mm-hmm. my middle, um, was in, uh, school, uh, in the afternoons over the school year. Cause I had planned before this happened. I was like, in the mornings, we're going to get out and do things. Well, then three mornings a week, she kind of had to like, you know, take a back seat while I was in these therapy sessions with him and they're only 45 minutes. So it wasn't like the whole morning, but like, that was his turn. And I had to discuss to them, like, this is for brother. We have to do this. Mm-hmm. And then, and then with my middle, I was like, okay, okay now I'm going to give you these 45 solid minutes of playing with dolls. Cause that's what you're craving. Nice. Um, and then same with my oldest with after school and the weekends thing she wants to do. And then I get a turn too. And so it's I'm going to take some yeah. time. I take, um, you know, in the day time, in the middle of the day, we have rest time, nap time, depending on who's home, who's here, uh, if they still nap or if they don't. And that's my time. And on the weekends, my husband also gets that time. And uh, for my husband, he likes, he loves to sleep in. That's for him. So I let him do that on the weekend. So I feel like the balance is, um, you know, I might be a little bit more like formulaic about it because of that Libra-ness in me, (laughs) Uh, but it's really, everyone gets a turn and- that's what it's going to be. We're all going to keep taking turns. You're not, it's not always your turn, but you're going to get a turn. I love that. I love that. I have not heard that answer before. That's very cool. (laughs) Have you ever had anyone say they were a Libra? No, I have (laughs) not. With the balance. No, I love that because my, it's so funny. My own definition has shifted over the okay. years okay. and it started very much as the scales of justice, right? Like that whole Libra scales, but Part, not because it had to be perfectly even, but because I see those scales as always yes. moving depending on how much is on either side. Right. Mm-hmm. And so, and like, sometimes one is lower than the other, like it doesn't have to be that perfect, but now I have sort of this ever evolving, uh, thing. It's always about motion though. And, okay, movement yeah. and flow, but yeah, yeah, I haven't, I haven't had, um, that taking a turn, which I really, really like because yeah, some, and sometimes somebody's going to get more turns. 
Yes. Because that's what they need, right? Exactly. And that's, I love birth order too. It's funny. It's like, I'm really into generational information. I'm also into birth order, uh, you know, but that my first, like, oh, what she got from me and my husband, the two and a half years before her sister was born. Yeah. What middle, you know, what middle, my middle daughter gets is totally, and what baby brother gets is, and it's all, but over the course of their life, I really hope it, it, it balance, it balances itself out. Totally. Totally. And also the fact that like, once the older kids go to school, the little gets more attention yes. too, yes. right? Like exactly. it's just, it all, it does, it balances to use it the does. word again. It does balance out. I love it. All right. In all of that time you take, and I do consider what some of the time you're taking is self-care, but yes. do you make time for self-care and what does that look like for you on a typical week? Yes. So, um, every day, uh, um, I, uh, I take self-care every day and I think that's really, really important uh, for everybody. Uh, but for moms specifically, so I, every, like, again, I said at nap time, uh, currently it's like in our house, it's 1230 to 230 every day. That's my time. So my girls, when they stopped napping, they got their rest that they kind of can, ha- you know, handle themselves. My son still naps and I don't do any housework. I don't do anything that I don't want to do. Now mm-hmm. I love for me, a lot of the self-care is the podcast and the coaching. So I love totally. doing stuff for a domestic mom that really fills me up. So I spend a lot of time um, during the week doing that. Nice. And then on the weekends, uh, taking a chunk of it, like I said, I let my husband sleep in cause that's what he wants to do for his self-care. And then I'll usually like get away. I love one of my good friends and I will co-work a lot. So we'll go to the library together, bounce ideas off oh, of each cool. other. Um, and guilt-free, like there's no, it's never like my husband's, when are you get? I'm never getting the text. Like, when are you getting home? Like, how right. long are you going to be? Um, because again, we, we have that balance. Mm-hmm. Um, so I do that on the weekends and then, um, throughout the year. Cause I like to tell people like, and then in a yearly view, I will take a couple, like a, a couple nights with girlfriends or nights with my husband or nights alone mm-hmm. where I can get like completely away, um, you know, and, and completely have like it to be like myself and about like, you yes and not yeah. and the mental load is completely lifted in those moments yes, yes. so um yeah so yeah so self-care every day because you need a little a, a chunk of it every day 100 okay now I have to ask a question that I probably should have asked earlier I'm going to ask it now so when you're working like you have it seems like a really strong relationship with your husband and you guys have done the work right yes so how do you help moms who haven't had that sort of, um, comfort in asking their husbands for help and what they need. Right. And saying like, Hey, I, I need to not get the texts. Like, you know, I need you to be a little self-sufficient. I need you to just know that I'm okay. And I'll be back when I am back or, you know, like whatever it is, whatever the help is that you need, I need you to take a couple meals a week, like whatever that is. Right. How do you coach them to have that conversation? Okay. So it's, well, it's funny you bring this up now because I don't know if you've read the book Fair Play by Eve Rodsky. No. Uh, It is a book. I don't even know how old it is. I don't think it's that old, but it's actually being made into a documentary by Reese Witherspoon's media company. And I believe it comes out next month. I think it comes out, but this airs, it might've already come out. Um, But I think it'll be called Fair Play. So you can Google it. Mm -hmm. Uh, I recently read the book and she has a very great system. She talks all about like when you hold a card, she calls them cards, um, you are in charge of the entire thing. So if you are in charge, say of, you know, uh, 
parents' birthdays, you are scheduling the dinner with your parents, you're buying the gift, you're getting mm-hmm. the card, you're holding, you're holding the whole card. Um, and so I love it. So I've kind of been talking to my clients more about this book, recommending I listen to it. I love audiobooks. Me too, um, me too. And once the documentary comes out and I see it, hopefully I think that will be uh, you know, even easier way to consume it. But before I had read this book, I did have a similar sense of just like, what are the things you really don't like to do? Let's have a conversation with your partner about that. And for mm-hmm. me, that was bedtime and bath time. Mm. I do not like, I do not like bath time. I just don't like washing their hair. It's very stressful and not to get the soap in the eyes and, and then bedtime. And I think because I'm an early riser, so I'm always up with the kids in the morning. Mm-hmm. I'm like checked out by then. Yeah. And so it really, again, because Sean and I did go to couples therapy for so long. We're still in it. Mm-hmm. We had the the tools, but it was a conversation, not when we were in a fight. Okay. So not when I'm like, yeah. I hate bedtime. You never help me. Um, but it was when we were in a calm place saying, Hey, can we like have a conversation about mm-hmm. this? Well, and, and then- also what does he not like to do? And then hopefully it's not all the same stuff. But then if it is the same stuff, compromising and going, okay, we both hate bedtime and bath time, but I'll take bath time. You take bedtime. Like, you know what I mean? Exactly. Luckily for me, I married a night owl. And I, so he (laughs) never wakes up with the kids. So I'm full morning. I'm wake up, you know, even if they wake up at 530 AM, that's, that's my, uh, that's my uh, job. And I'm doing breakfast and lunches and all that. Well, you take the whole card. Exactly. Right? I took the whole card. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, but yes, I have had clients who they're married, they're an early riser, they're married to an early riser. Um, and then I also uh, had a client whose husband was uh, like a uh, very physically demanding job, like a very mm. like labor heavy job. Uh, so we have to, right, we have to kind of like do some workarounds. And yes, it's either, I like to say, alternate nights Mm -hmm. so if someone could take the full full pull for one night and then you take it for the next um if you do if you love bath time and that's great and bet you are if you can swap out that's all you know that can also work um i let personally i think there's something about uh you know clocking out for me my husband gets usually around 6 p.m like he gets home around 5 15 dinner where he and I kind of rehash some stuff and around 6 p.m is when I clock out Um, so I like to be like and I know I'm done um but yeah if they're both in similar situations with like uh the the way they operate or things they like to do yeah let's just take turns and let's have a conversation using um I statements Mm. not statements. Oh, okay. It has to be like, I am feeling very tired at the end of the day. I'm struggling to get through bath time without yelling at the kids. I am wondering if you would be up for reworking our, uh, our routine. Mm. I, I would love it if we could talk about alternating days, or I would love if we could talk about, um, I, I would love if I always woke up with kids and you always, uh, uh, got to, you know, sleep in or whatever mm-hmm. the case may be. And then, uh, uh, you do uh bedtime. You do bedtime. Yeah. exactly. Um, so really just going into those conversations with, uh, I statements mm-hmm. and in a calm, in a calm time, mm-hmm. um, can be, uh, so beneficial and just starting the conversation. It's not going to happen in one day. It's not yeah. going to happen in one night. Um, but I think a lot of times when we've taken so much on, we're afraid to how we hand it back. Mm-hmm. Um, but ultimately, and I do say to my clients, if you're in a, a period of crisis in your marriage, um, you know, you really do need to go to counseling because that's right. a different ball of wax. 
what, when I'm speaking to people who are in typically a generally healthy marriage, um, you, your partner wants to take things off your plate. They think a lot of times that a, they don't realize how much work it is. Mm-hmm. And they like, think you like it. I don't know. Right. There's like a lot. I mean, I, you know, I'm, it's so funny because it's like, I'm all for women. I'm moms, right? Like I coach moms, but I love men. And I, I love that. Like, especially millennial men, like they have evolved. They have stepped up to the plate. They want to help you. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They don't want to be micromanaged, mm-hmm. you know? So if you pass off bath time, bedtime, you pass off, bedtime, you pass it off. Yeah. I have to walk away. I'm a control freak. I got to walk away. <laughs> and so I'm going to be like, what, you know, and sometimes, and then what he does, he was on town last week. I'm like, okay, guys, what do I got to do here? I did not bathe my kids for four days. He yeah, came fair. home. He's like, are you insane? Like, did, I was like, I just, it, it didn't come together for me. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, I have walked away. I have, I have pulled myself out so much. I don't even know what goes on. And that is a good for them. They need to have that time with their father. You know what yeah, I mean? Like they totally. need to have that little special bonding time and they are happy to do it if we're not micromanaging. So if you yes. want them to load the dishwasher and you just, and what's funny is, yeah, I don't like the clean, like my undomestic part is the cleaning and the organizing mm-hmm. and the, uh, and he hates the way I load the dishwasher, but he always says, if you get it loaded and clean, like if you get the whole thing and I just open it to clean out, I'm fine. If I don't have to see it and it's, yeah, I don't, I don't care what you do. Yeah. So yeah, if you're yeah. like, they don't load the dishwasher, right? Well, don't look at it. Well, That's it's so that. funny. I'm like, I'm partially the opposite on all this stuff that, cause my husband is like the Tetris master has a very specific way of loading the dishwasher for the most efficiency. Right. Yeah. Like it's just, but yeah. now our kids, um, one loads, one unloads. Okay. And I've had to say to him, like, just let it go. It's happening. Mm-hmm. Like it's, you know, like maybe there's an empty spot. And it started though. And the more important thing for us is when it happens so that it's ready okay. to go in the morning. Right. Yes. Like it's, so we've had to let go. He was really good. He had the conversation with me cause he's the cook. He likes cooking and I get anxiety from cooking. I have like this, it's not going to be good enough. Like I don't, I, you know, I failed, I don't like it. And so, and I just, my brain shuts off. I'm that person who like looks at the instructions, throws the box away and then has to go back to the box five times because I can't hold the instructions. Right. And so anyways, then we came to a place where as long as I helped him meal plan and we, and he didn't want to have to decide right? What we were making every night. He was happy to make it, but whatever. And then he said, you know, it would just be really nice if like on weekends, maybe you cook dinner. And so I was like, okay. Cause his love language is, I I believe acts of service. He he hasn't done the quiz with me, but I believe it's acts of service. (laughs) And so I recognize that that means a lot to him. So then on weekends, I typically not always cook the meals. If it's a barbecue, he does that. Cause I'm scared of fire, but, yeah. um, you know, so we've had to work that out and he asked me for the help because I wasn't doing it to be totally honest. So yeah. I really like that, that conversation in a calm place and how can you share the load? Right. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Yep. Awesome. I love it. Okay. Last big question. What is the biggest lesson you have learned as a mom? biggest lesson I've learned as a mom. So I think I'm going to put this into words. Let me, can I share a story, a quick story about how I, how I arrived at it? I think the biggest lesson I learned as a mom is that, um, your kids having pain is not the indicator of how good of a mom you are. Mm. It's how you help them 
live or eradicate or solve the pain. And I came to this very recently. Um, my daughter was, uh, so I have terrible teeth and I've, so my one, you know, I feel like moms always have a couple things that they're like, this is like very important and we're not messing around with it. And mine is like the dentist and, and dental care. And so uh, my kids, they're one years old, they go to the dentist and then every six months they go to the dentist. And so last March she went to the dentist and wasn't going for, you know, till August. Well, in July, she did some weird thing. I don't. I looked in her mouth. She had her mouth open. She was laughing. I, I saw a cavity, like it was visible. I was like, "Is that?" I like brushed her teeth. Like, "Oh my god, it's a cavity!" Took her to our dentist, which was not a pediatric dentist. So I think she's got to go to a pediatric dentist uh, for them to fill it. We go to this dentist. Uh, wish he could be my therapist. Uh, nicest man. And he said to me, "I come in, and I'm not going to even let you." have time to judge me. I'm going to be like, I did, this is what I did wrong. You know, we haven't been great about flossing, flossing. I don't think we've been that great about, you know, always on top of brushing twice a day. And, and he's like, mom, cavities are morally neutral. We do not judge cavities in this office. Oh my goodness. And I was like, um, that is, I don't think that's what I learned in motherhood. Um, Can that be to, on the wall? Like, yes, <laughs> you have to judge me because my child got a cavity. He's like, no, 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 mom. I know you're a good mom because you brought her in and you care and you yeah. fixed it. You didn't let her sit in pain for days, weeks, months. You didn't notice a problem and then just say, I can't, there's nothing I can do about it. Right. And I was like, Oh, okay. And so I let that like kind of like ruminate inside me. And with everything now that happens with my kids, it is we're not going to beat ourselves up. We're going to make mistakes. We're not going to beat ourselves up over, you know, if we forgot the lunch or if we forgot, if we yelled at that. For me, a lot of times it's like I lost my temper and I yelled at you. It's that I then apologized. Mm -hmm. I told them I was sorry. And I am working in my own mental health to have more patience to mm -hmm. take a step back. Mm -hmm. So if you can just know that like your kids are going to experience pain and that's not what indicates uh, a good mother, it's that how you deal with their pain. Mm -hmm. uh, I think you can just, uh, you can really bypass a lot of the mom guilt that that is out there in the world. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. I love it. Thank you for sharing that. Yes. Yes. All right. How can our listeners connect with you? Where can they find the podcast? How can they connect with you for coaching? All of the things. Okay, great. Yeah, no. So I'm Undomestic Mom on pretty much every platform. Um, my podcast is the Undomestic Mom podcast. And I actually made like a little cheat sheet about the mother's helper. So cool. if they want to go to undomesticmom.com slash mom camp, they can grab it. And it just, you know, a lot of things just we talked about. There's a yeah. few like little tips on interviewing them, um, paying them, finding them. Um, so they can grab that little PDF and awesome. then if they can really, you know, explore it. Um, but yeah, you can go uh, and find me on my website for any sort of coaching. And if you get that download and you're like, hi, I'd like some more help. Yeah, I, it's all on my website. You can find um, and we can chat about that. And I am here to give help in that way. I love that. Thank you so much for that. I will obviously put all of that in the show notes on the website and it'll all be there for everybody so they can track you down. And also super easy on domestic mom everywhere. Yes, right. Yes, so yes. good. Thank you awesome. so much. Well, thank you. This has been really fun. And I think we are just so aligned on so many things that we talk about and that we believe. And it just, I've really, really enjoyed it. I thank you for what you're doing for moms. I think it's super, super important, as I think I've said probably six times during this episode. But uh, yeah, thank you so much. I've really, really enjoyed it. Yeah, no, thank you for having me. I did. It was a very good conversation.
All right, mamas, that's it for today. For more info about this episode, you can check out the show notes at momcamplife.com slash podcast. Hang out with us on Instagram at momcamplife. And if you love this episode, please share it with your friends. Thank you so much for tuning in and join us next time around the campfire.